Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of The Crowded Booth. I'm Bryce Kuhn here alongside Josh Mixon and it is spring football time once again. We are here in Athens, Georgia right here overlooking Sanford Stadium where the game tomorrow afternoon around 4 o'clock is going to be kicking off. Uh, football is back and I'm here with Josh. Josh covers uh, Georgia sports for the Athens Banner Herald. He's just here to preview what to expect for this game and, and what to look forward to. So Josh, um, you know, Coming off a just a really gut wrenching, uh, gut wrenching national championship loss for Georgia, things have been kicked off here. Spring practice is, is well in, and now we're going to cap cap it off with a spring game. Um, a lot of guys that are graduated no longer here, but a lot of guys that are coming back, some some leadership in that role. But I think one of the big things that people are excited about is to see, um, you know, five star prospect, um, just uber talented uh, Justin Fields take the field tomorrow. Uh, I think it's for for the the team in black tomorrow that he'll be playing for. Uh, what are you most excited to see from him? I'm really just excited to see, honestly, how he does under center. Um, this is something that we kind of noticed watching him in spring ball this year. Is he doesn't, when he was at Harrison High School, he did not take snaps under center. He was from the shotgun the entire time, and so that's given him a lot of issues in spring. He's been, I mean, we saw him fumble a few just hands offs comes out mm -hmm. coming out of center. Um, and that's something that Jake Crum's honestly going to have an advantage over because when you go into short yardage situations, you're not going to be out of the shotgun. Um, when you go into goal line situations, you're not going to be in the shotgun. So really for him to be able to develop that and be able to actually take snaps under center and not fumble them mm -hmm. is going to be the biggest, I think, challenge for him. Yeah, definitely. You saw Fromm had a little bit of a learning curve early on in the season last year when he had to take over for Eason. But you really look into how he was able to mature over the year, and now people, it's like the whole thing over again is, you know, you have an incumbent freshman, now sophomore coming in. Uh, a little bit different, though, because Eason went 8-4 and four his first year, and now here comes uh, here comes from well off a SEC championship and a national championship game appearance. Uh, so most of pe pe people are just like, you know, let's let him ride it out and if Fields proves something. But Fields has the talent. I mean, there's a reason that he was named a five-star prospect. And I think that's one of the biggest things people are excited about seeing is that competition isn't really there. We're going to get that a little bit later on. You also have the recruiting class for Georgia this past cycle was unreal. Um, and I know y'all are very busy trying to keep up with everything on signing day, but you know you have guys like Kyrus Jackson, wide receiver, who's going to be a downfield threat. Something that Georgia um, kind of maybe needs, to, maybe needs to get some more depth in that position. You saw Javon Wims; he stepped up huge last year for Georgia, but now he's going to be taking his talents to the NFL. Um, and we're going to get a little bit more into some guys you're looking forward to that are coming back. But guys like Kyrus Jackson, then you have Brenton Cox, who flipped late to Georgia um, on signing day. He's going to be coming in. Uh, on a defensive line that, you know, read an article the other day that the defensive line's been struggling with some injury issues, and so he'll probably get some looks on at the spring game, maybe in, on the first team or second team. So you got to be excited about the young talent Georgia's bringing in. And from your perspective, and you've been in here in Ath Athens for a while now, and you know, all I heard all the whole time, and I, you know, re pre uh, reviewed, recapped the game, that championship game with Brandon Sudge, and one of the things he talked about was the atmosphere was kind of low <laughs> that next day, that Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, and that Tuesday morning. But there's some excitement building here just coming into the city today. People are excited. Fans are coming in. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. What are you most excited to see just from an atmosphere and fans? I'm excited to see, honestly, how the fans respond. I know Curry Smart's made it a pretty uh, significant emphasis um, in numerous press conferences this year, kind of encouraging fans to come out, uh, create the same atmosphere they have at the past two G-Day games. I mean, I think last year it was something like 93, the year before that, 95 or something. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's, that's a, a big point that he's going to make is he wants to be able to go on the recruiting trail and say, look, everyone else has 40,000 at their spring game. My school has 95. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really, I'm looking forward to it. I know the atmosphere won't be kind of near where it was last year with 
I mean, you, you, we're looking at the scoreboard right now, still under construction, so there, there's going to be an entire end zone without fans behind it. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they show out. I think, you know, with all the recruits that are going to be here for the class of 2019, I think that's going to just be a wow moment for them because usually, like you talked about, in spring games, you might have 30 to 40,000 people there. Well, you know, for the past two years here, it's felt like an atmosphere in the fall. Uh, fans love to come out and support the team, and they're excited. They're excited. I think there's more excitement now after the national championship uh, appearance to what this team can do now. It's still a relatively young team. Um, and as we get into that, you know, the atmosphere's probably not going to be the same, like you said, because of the scoreboard, which, you know, I walked down there a second ago, and it's massive. I mean, it's you were saying it's about as big as a basketball court, yeah. which is huge. Uh, it might rival the one at Auburn. I'm not really sure. Um, but as you talk about guys that are going to be uh, returning and those guys that, you know, the graduating class last year was, you know, Chubb, Michelle. That was a, that was a huge thing. So where do you go from there? Then you look at the defense side of the ball. You have Carter and Bellamy, who – in my opinion, you know, they didn't show out all four years, but this past senior they really stepped up, uh, especially, you know, they seem to have timely sacks, timely forced um, turnovers. Then you get to the secondary. You have, you know, a couple guys back there that graduated and guys that are going to be coming up. And then obviously the biggest loss in potential top 10, definitely top 15 pick in Raquan Smith, he elected to forego his senior year. He's going to be taking um, the step to the NFL. Where, so where do you replace those guys? And obviously you have those young guys, but guys that are returning, um, we were talking about right before, you know, Chubb, Michelle, that's gone. And, and that's that's a weird thing to see. They've been here for the past four years. Um, we were talking about, you know, some guys that are banged up. What are you looking – what does the running back depth chart look for this spring game and maybe beyond? Yeah, it feels like for the first time in like a decade that Nick Chubb's not going to be taking snaps of running back. But, I mean, it really is – it's going to be different. It's going to be a lot different than what we saw last year with Chubb and Michelle getting, what, like 90 carries a game, it's oh, like, yeah. it seemed like. Um, I mean, there's guys like – Obviously, Zamir White's battling the injury, so he's not. If he does play tomorrow, it's going to be very limited. So I'm not not expecting to see a lot out of him. But I mean, guys that uh, commit. Excuse me. Um, what's the word for it? Uh, oh, the, played last year. Played um, played last year. The, the they returning guys. Contributed yeah. last year. The guys that contributed last year, they were going to get a lot of carries. I know Brian Harry and uh, your own Brookstone's own Prather Hudson got a lot of snaps at number two. That pretty much this whole spring because of the injuries. So. Running back-wise, there's not a whole lot to see there just because of all the injuries. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what the receiver core does. Yeah, you talked about also another guy, uh, DeAndre Swift. When he was able to break through, and it seemed like you said that the workload was really carried by Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. And in the SEC Championship game, you kind of saw DeAndre Swift break out uh, in, a, in a big way. And I'm really excited by him. He is also banged up a little bit, so we'll see what he's limited. And obviously in a game like this, you know, the fans want to see everybody, but Coach Smart and his staff are smart enough, and the medical staff, they're not going to let a guy go out there and if he's already banged up in practice and, and get hurt, hurt and hurt himself just for just for the fans' appeasement. Uh, but, yeah, the, the wide receiving core, and you were talking about a guy uh, that you can go ahead and speak on who had a big national championship game, Miko Hardman, and did a great job. And what do you think that he's going to be able to bring to this team uh, for not only the spring game, but as they get into fall practice and in, into the uh, regular season. Yeah. yeah so uh, sorry to all the fans out there to bring up the national championship game again, but he did, he did have that um, really long touchdown. That sorry, I thought put the game out of reach. <laughs> I thought put the game away. What do I know though? Um, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, you're losing a receiver like Javon Wims, who's a, a big downfield threat, big body, can go up and catch the ball in the end zone against really any cornerback. Mm -hmm. Losing him hurts, and it's really going to show with the offense that Georgia runs this year. It's going to be a lot of what you saw kind of Florida's quarterbacks trash talk about, a lot of quick slants, a lot of short outs, a lot of quick passes, probably not to the tight ends as much, but you're going to see Harmon get the ball a lot. You're going to see Terry Goblin get the ball a lot, and that's really really what to look for in the spring game, especially since Kirby's going to be 
probably toning back the offense a little bit and not really throwing everything out there. Yeah, definitely. They don't want to throw every single play out there uh, <laughs> so that people can get an early catch on the film. One guy I'm excited about also, when Javon Wims kind of went down in that national championship game, Riley Ridley stepped up in a big way and outplayed his brother, who's going to be probably a first-round pick in, in the in the draft. Um, I'm excited to see how he, he plays because – he had a, a, a good freshman year, had some, some sparks there, and then kind of sophomore year went quiet. I think there was maybe due to some off-the-field issues, but then was able to come in, and then you saw that all accumulated to him in the national championship game, being able to play great. And like yeah, we said, had a, a pretty funny conversation with uh, with him in media times. He was talking about, you know, what the, the receivers that he looks up to, obviously his brother, and then he said A.J. Green. And I think Mark Weiser of the banner asked him, you know, who was better, Mark or uh, A.J. Or, or Calvin? He wouldn't say that. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't give an answer. And, I mean, you know, AJ's obviously he, he might be here tomorrow. I'm not sure. I know a lot of the a lot of the pro guys come try to come back and support their team, uh, but Calvin, I mean, definitely a talent that he's going to be a luxury for any team to have, whether they pick him. So yeah, a guy like the wide receiving core, you know, you, you lose Javon Williams, kind of that 50-50 ball guy. They were able to go to a ton of times. I can't tell you how many times they get down about the three or five yard line, and they, you know, they don't decide to run the ball, then they're probably throwing it in the corner to Javon. Uh, Terry Gow, another guy, feels like he's been here forever. Yeah. He's a senior, and he'll he'll be uh, having a huge role uh, in that offense. One guy for me that I feel like I'm excited about is J.R. Reed. He came in as a uh, transfer from Tulsa, and wasn't really thought to have much of an uh, impact, really, and and stepped up in a major way. And I think he's going to be one of the key contributors to, to this defense. A lot of vocal leadership. Jerry Reed can be that guy alongside a guy like DeAndre Baker, who really showed out as a, almost a true number one corner for Georgia later on the stretch. I mean, I remember that Mississippi State game. It, it, that was a great atmosphere. But with that game, you had um, their passing. Their passing offense really wasn't able to do much, and it was a lot of credit to him. He had a couple, you know, nice swats, a couple breakups that were really key in letting Georgia just really dominate that game and never really getting Mississippi State started. You know, and then you head into the defensive line anchoring there. You had Trenton Thompson lead. A lot of guys, but you got guys like Julian Rochester. He's going to come up big, I feel like, this year. So Georgia's got a lot of guys they can bring in. You'll see a lot of it in the spring game. Uh, that's going to be exciting, and this almost sounds like a preview for the fall. But uh, definitely this spring game is going to give them a lot of opportunities to see what they can work with. Like you said, probably not going to throw the whole playbook out there. And Jim Cheney and, and company probably not going to throw the whole playbook out there. And I'm going to ask you a quick question that is – you're not prepared for, but we'll see how you how you do the tight ends. I think that's one of the big things fans thought and were kind of questioning last year. You know, you have a guy like former five-star Isaac Nada. You had Jeb Blazevich, who, you know, not a very heralded recruit coming out of, college, out of high school, but had a great Georgia career. Um, and some guys behind him, uh, and Warner and, and uh, Jackson. What do you do? with the talent there, and it didn't really seem like they were going to really, they really ever threw them the ball. If they did, it was more of like a surprise or a, almost a gimmick play. Um, do, you, do you think we'll see some more of the tight ends coming to play in the passing game? I think it'll be kind of more of the same as what we saw last year. I'm actually very happy you brought up the tight ends because that's one thing Kirby Smart does not like to talk about in press conferences. <laughs> he, I mean, I, he, I quote, he said, I'm so tired of tight end <laughs> questions. So that's, that's not something that I don't think Kirby wants to talk about. And I don't expect that to really change. I think it's going to be a lot more of what we saw last year with a lot of different receivers getting the ball and then running backs out of the backfield. And, you know, that brings it right into the from versus fields. And there's been multiple articles all offseason about it and spring practice. Well, what does he look like? Does he look good? I mean, 
I think that from my perspective, Fromm has the job. I mean, when you lead a team to a national championship, you, you're doing something right, especially as a freshman. He's got the experience, the big game experience. Unless your name is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, unless your name is Jalen Hurts, which is a completely different topic of <laughs> conversation in the news that came out recently. Um, so you have a guy like Fromm and have been there, done that, the Georgia boy. Then you still have another local product guy in, in Justin Fields. You're talking about one of the things that might set him back early on and probably did, he's probably still trying to learn, is taking it from under center because a lot of, you know, spread. And I was able to watch him play in person. They came over and played Rome High School, which was a great battle between uh, former uh, former high school five-star standouts, him and Adam Anderson that's coming in. You know, you have guys like that, and he ran the ball a ton and was able to run the ball a ton. Has a cannon for an arm. I just don't know if he's ever been able to run a pro-style offense, and that's one thing Georgia prides itself on. So to see how he makes uh, that transition. But it's going to be an exciting exciting day tomorrow for a lot of fans. It should, Even though they have you know the construction out here behind us that's going to limit the amount of seats that are available, I know that a lot of fans are going to come out and support the Georgia, and they're, they're ready for to get at it again. And this is only just going to be a glimpse for them to see. And... Uh, any final thoughts you think that who, who's going to win? Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> I'll admit that I haven't been one to look at the rosters yet. I'm going to go with experience, though, and I'm going to say Jake Fromm's red team wins, though. Yeah, from the red team, they seem to have uh, more of that veteran leadership. The black, the teams in black, they're going to have a, have some young guys that are excited. And, and my player to watch for uh, is Richard LeCount. I love I love him. The energy he brings. If, if you haven't seen the, the video yet of him doing the backflip at the Rose Bowl, I mean, he's he's a fun energy guy and a hard hitter. And one thing that Raquan Smith talked about in his like, exit interview about talking about how he tabbed him as like one of the next leaders. So it's definitely going to be an exciting day. I want to thank Josh for coming on and talking a little uh, Georgia football and, and previewing the spring day and what we have in action for tomorrow. Uh, if you're not already following us on all social media, make sure to. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Sports um, all over the area here in Athens, and, and one of the things, one final things we'll touch on is Georgia baseball. He covers extensively Georgia baseball, and they're really good season they're having so far. Would you like to speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So I'll admit that I was not aware of just how on the hot hot seat Scott Strickland was before entering this year. This team is something else. They're going to be something really special to watch as as we go on, you know, throughout the rest of April, and even into May. I mean, this is a team. You know, Keegan McGovern's having a career year. Michael Curry's having a career season. You've got two freshmen who are pitching absolutely lights out on the mound that you're going to have for another two to three years. And I mean, they they kick off or they first pitch is in, in about hour and a half and in Starkville or not Starkville, uh, Oxford mm -hmm. at Ole Miss, which is going to be a pretty important game for them. They didn't make the tournament because of RPI last year. Ole Miss is number four, I believe, in the mm -hmm. RPI this year, and Georgia ranks number seven. So it's going to be another important uh, game for them. But yeah, this is going to be a fun team to watch. They play in SunTrust Park here in a few weeks, and I fully expect them to beat Georgia Tech again. Uh, and I think this is definitely a team that's going to make at least an NCAA regional, if not a super regional. Yeah, that team is definitely talented. Being able to go watch some, I was there for their opening series, and, and being able to watch them, it's a different team than you've seen yeah. in years past. I mean, uh, they have some some great guys and on that team, and just the mix of veterans staring up like a Michael Curry, who is you know a senior leader on that team, and then guys like you're talking about those two pitchers for that on the freshman staff. I mean, they're like you said, they're pitching lights out. A couple SEC Player of the Week nominees for both of them, so it's going to be an exciting run. The SEC as a whole is dominating in baseball, yeah. so you know they're dominating uh, as well. And it seems like Georgia sports has really taken a step up. And you and I could sit here and talk for hours upon hours about you know softball and basketball with the hiring of Tom Crean. But uh, that's for another day. So we just want to thank you for joining us. This has been Josh Mixon. Uh, I'm Bryce Kuhn here with the Crowded Booth as we previewed uh, G-Day here, live from Athens, Georgia. 
Um, make sure you tune in if, on all social media aspects once again at YouTube. You can catch us the video. If you want to listen to the audio on your drive to Athens tomorrow, make sure to hit us up on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks for watching and you all have a great day.